Serenity is one of my favorite space opera movies, and there's a moment in that film that captures, well, not the science fiction world, but unfortunately the one we live in. Our hero, Mal, is getting kind of a lecture from uh, the operative, played by uh, Chuita Legifor, the, 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 the big heavy bad guy, who tells Mal, our, our hero, that uh, his situation, one man against the entire government of the, the core worlds, is, isn't so good. He says, it's worse than you know. And Mal just kind of nods and says, it usually is. And that's the situation right now in California where I thought I knew how bad their power problem was. But it turns out, oh, no, it's it's even worse than that. So my friend, uh, old Internet friend, Beach Wellboard over at Hot Air put up together this great article today. I'm going to uh, uh, let you know some of this stuff, quote some of this stuff from me. For you. Uh, she writes, Santa Ana winds continue to rip through parts of Southern California on Monday, prompting fire weather warnings and preemptive, preemptive power shutoffs. Wind gusts top 40 miles an hour, which actually isn't that bad here in Colorado, uh, across much of Los Angeles and Ventura counties. And uh, Southern California Edison has proactively, oh, what a what a devious use of that word. Proactively shut off power. See, proactive would be fixing this stuff before they need to shut off the power. <laughs> this, that, that would be my take. Yes. Yeah, so this is just abusing a perfectly good word. Proactively shut off power in dozens of communities to reduce the risk of power lines sparking brush fires. Um, SCE says around 3,600 customers were impacted as of midday Monday with over 200,000 potentially impacted by other outages that are under consideration. And uh, that's from, I think, the AP report. Beach says up to 200,000 people could have their power turned off from front fires because the state utilities and infrastructures are in such appallingly bad shape. Yes, um, that's, that's, that's exactly the situation. Uh, Scott? The engineers at Edison, at PG&E, and all the other California utility companies, they know all this. They have told, the engineers have told the politicians all of this, and the politicians have told the people that they are going to provide clean and reliable energy mm. year after year, and this is what they get. So my question to you, Scott, is this. Is there something wrong with us as a species, or is it just with progressives who would rather sit in the dark and believe the lies? <laughs> well, I think it's another fine illustration of government can't do anything. Um, you know, just the more government involvement there is, the less likely that a solution will emerge that is uh, even meets basic minimum standards. Now, I'm in Texas. I'm not going to pretend that we don't have our power grid problems here. But I was kind of surprised to hear about California, because as far as I can tell, part of the challenge we have here in Texas is such rapid population growth, in large part because so many people are leaving California. <laughs> and so I thought the grid should not be as burdened as it is in California. It makes sense in Texas. Now, I don't have the actual stats on that, so maybe uh, the, the poorest southern border is contributing to the greater demand or some other factor is is uh, leading up to it. But it's, it's always hard to know what the right approach to something like this, because obviously electricity is something that everybody needs. And so people say, well, naturally, if it's something everybody needs, therefore it should be run by government because government, it belongs to everybody. And you don't want to have that just be private interests controlling all those things. But for some reason, um, government is run by politicians who need to get elected on frequent cycles. And they're very poor at planning for long-term needs. 
because we're very poor at planning for long-term needs. Individuals do not like to think about, you know, 20, 30, 40 years from now, we like to take care of the way thing, you know, what's happening right now. Um, so we elect people who give us what we want right now and uh, to the detriment of people who come in later generations. So I, I don't know what the, the ultimate solution is, but I can't help but think that a little bit more free market and a little bit less politician uh, is part of the recipe. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with you about the need for more free markets in, in California, but I, I will quibble on one thing. Um, two governors, uh, two California governors, one a Democrat, one a Republican, the, the first Jerry Brown and, uh, and Ronald Reagan, uh, they helped build the water and electrical infrastructure that made California the best place in the country to live. I, I used to say that the California dream was just like the American dream, but better because it was in California. <laughs> and... <laughs> And and Reagan and uh, Brown built this infrastructure that was incredible for a state of 25 million people, and California still has enough infrastructure for 25 million people. Problem is they've got yep. 40 million people. Hmm. Um, yeah. And uh, my friend Beej writes, again, the grid itself is in chaos. The California independent system operator has been forced to curtail electricity in the lines, in the lines because uh, – California's build-out of wind and solar hasn't been matched with the new transmission lines needed to carry the capacity, particularly <laughs> when it's <laughs> produced during low usage times, like during the middle of the day when nobody's running their AC at home or, or charging their Teslas that everybody's buying in California. So you got the windmills making all this electricity that they have to shut down because the lines aren't there to carry it and there's nowhere to store it. Um, and Bill... All of this is for rates that I'm sure you know are the third highest in the nation. Um, Bill, I just add this. These are the same power lines, the aged, ancient power lines that fall down in high winds and start the brush fires that Sacramento, uh, or that ignite the brush that Sacramento won't clean up, that turn into the brush yeah. fires that make them turn off the electricity. So what we're really looking at here in the once golden state is just a circle jerk of fail, isn't it? Yeah, there's a lot of fail out here. This is, uh, I would say it's the fail capital of the country, certainly. It may be the fail capital of the world. Um, we, <laughs> California will say, well, we yes, we did shut down a nuclear, we did shut down a power plant, but we also built a new one. And I actually got deep into this not too long ago as looking at this, and it turns out that they shut down something like the San Onofre Twin Reactor Nuclear Power Plant that I want to say produced 1,600 megawatts. But they did open a solar plant that op that that produces forty megawatts Ooh. for eight hours a day of the of the twenty four hour day. And when you were talking about it, I just thought, what else do you need to know? We've got uh, we've got uh, wonderful clean wind and solar power here in California. Now all we have to do is install an entire network of low capacity lines. <laughs> <laughs> to, to handle to handle the new power we got these lines are designed to carry megawatts just, just gigawatts of nuclear power no 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 we can't use those we we we, we need something much much smaller much smaller because uh, we can't push electricity through lines that thick anymore this only there's only one way to make sense out of california politics and by the way when you talk about this infrastructure that reagan and and brown put in they did they built a bunch of uh of of dams, you know, uh, hydro um, hydro uh, power is is incredibly reliable. Works twenty four hours a day. You can monitor it. You can tune it up or down. You can do all sorts of 
cool things with it. They haven't built any of those in 35 years, but they have blown up a number of them. They have demolished mm. a number of dams because of the, you know, the the Delta smelt or the, you know, the Guatemalan water snake or whatever it is they're trying to, uh, you know, protect. But But none of this makes any sense at all until you understand – that the progressive goal and the and the Democratic Party's goal is to eliminate the middle class in California, because Gavin Newsom is the is the poster child for uh, 21st century elitist politicians. He's $800 haircut, and he is the kind of guy who, in the very up when when the pandemic was really starting to hit its its upward curve. And he was telling everybody had to be locked in. You can't leave your house. He was sitting at the French Laundry restaurant with 12 medical professionals shoulder to shoulder indoors without a mask because the medical professionals knew as well as, as anybody else did just exactly what the real risks were here. Gavin Newsom uh, took San Francisco from being the most beautiful city in America to a place where you have to have an app to not step in human waste because Gavin Newsom doesn't like the fact that middle-class people don't have to step in human waste either. He doesn't like the fact that middle-class people drive nice cars. He is a golden boy. And what's the point of being a golden boy if you don't have peasants to, lo to lord over? And I'm not joking. This is the psychological dynamic of all of these people. They, they say we've got to have clean power and a reduced population. So, well, 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 who are you talking about? Well, ideally, it would just be me and my friends and, and enough, you know, illegal immigrants to do the gardening. That's, that's, their, that's their vision for uh, California. So they destroy power plants. They take them offline. They put on some pathetic new thing. They're, the one I got such a kick out of was they actually listed this as a power plant. Just north of um, where I live, there's a part where the, the uh, California aqueduct gets at a pretty steep drop. And California considers this to be a power source. They let the water drop during the daytime, and at nighttime they pump it back up, but at nighttime the electricity rates are lower. So that's what they consider to be a power source. You see how that works? We're not generating any new power. On the contrary, we're actually using power to pump the water back up the hill, but it's coming down at a lower rate, so therefore, you know, yeah. think of all the... The, the, the kilowatts we saved, that's, as, that's about as California as anything that I can think of. You know, you, you talk about your perfect example of making a blanket longer by cutting a foot off of one end and sewing it onto the other. You know, it's just, it's just there's no, Steve, there's no rational explanation and there's no irrational explanation. So you're kind of stuck with, well, looking at all this catastrophe, who's benefiting? And you realize that when they call for things like gun control, green energy, uh, limitations on housing, all of this, none of it applies to them. None of it applies to them. It all applies to the proles. And once you understand that, then you realize that for these people who are governing California, having you know millions of people leave the state, that's that's not a bug. That's a feature for them. Hmm. Those those are not the people they want. The business owners vote Republican. They want a perpetual dynasty of power over a perpetual underclass which is in their interest to keep as poor and as badly educated as possible. Yeah, it's uh, postmodern feudalism is what I started calling it a long time ago. That's exactly what it is, a great and, term. And, you know, Bill, you reminded me of something. It's not often I, I think of something before you do. And so when I make the light bulb go off and you go, oh, that, I, it tends to stick in my memory. And this happened years and years ago. It's when this show was brand new on the old network under the, un, mm -hmm. under the old name. 
And it was when I realized that the left's war on cars really started right around the same time that I think it was Nissan introduced the first family sedan, just a, a little family sedan. It was, I think it was the Ultima or the Maxima with a 240 horsepower engine that performed like a supercar from the 80s did. And when a middle-class family with just a regular income could afford to buy a car that outperformed a, a, a $200,000 sports car from 20 years ago, that's when the left got angry about cars. It's not about saving the environment. It's about having their exclusive little club with stuff that is way better than you can ever have. And you know, you can have your, uh, your, 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 your little electric car that's good for driving around the city until we force you onto the bus. And Just to give you an away. idea of the psychology of these kind of people, um, this, this, you know, limousine liberal elite, when they made Top Gun, Tom Cruise showed up in like a black, uh, you know, Ford F-150, some, some real macho car, black with black tinted windows. And, and Jer- uh, Simpson and Bruckheimer, the, the two producers of Top Gun, had each one of them had the exact same car on their lot within two hours, you know? So, yeah, yeah, it's, that's, that's what you're dealing with here. Yeah. Uh, I've got mine. I'm going to outlaw yours. Um, you know, exactly. I, I think Bill and Scott already said almost everything I'd, I'd want to say, so I'll just add this. Uh, I would advise that the last person to leave California to, to turn off the lights, but they're going to be off long before then. <laughs> and that's your right angle on that, brought to you by the members of BillWhittle.com. It's their support, your support, that makes this possible. So if you're not a supporter and you're liking this stuff, uh, go to Bill Whittle. Join us. We'd love to have you on board. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.